Non, c'est ce que je disais. Oui, moi, c'est bâté, c'est de la blague. Après tout, tout est beau. Il n'y a qu'à s'intéresser aux choses et les trouver belles. Time has come. Catherine Bigelow. This and some of the other nice things that have happened to me in the last couple of days may turn me into some sort of hopeful optimist and ruin my whole life. Spoil. I remember quite clearly, it was 1946, and I was four years old, my mother took me to see King Vidor's Duel in the Sun. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it! My life has value! Babel, Alejandro González Iñárritu. Uh, I'm a man. Well, nobody's perfect. Al film italiano Deserto Rosso di Michelangelo. It's just that all men are sure it never happened to them, and most women at one time or another have done it, so you do the math. Three artists in the presentation of the Palm d'Or. Adele, Leia, and Abdel, Afid, Kenshin. All of them, here in Greece, want their lives. I'll give you. Welcome to Filmotomy Podcast. Uh, this is episode 53 and it's a special Thanksgiving podcast. We're giving thanks to all of you listening at home or on your way to work or at the gym, whatever you do, however you listen to the podcast. But thank you for listening anyway. Now, what is Thanksgiving? I'm going to ask Audrey because you're sort of, I'm going to say expert. I mean... <laughs> I'm the token so American. Well, Jonathan's here too. Um, Hi. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you're the one that suggested the the podcast. So, Audrey, what is Thanksgiving as a Brit? I don't know what it is exactly. <laughs> okay. So the root of Thanksgiving is um, supposedly a meal shared by um, pilgrim immigrants who came here in the 1600s um, and they broke bread with the Native Americans um, and supposedly this was all a pleasant encounter. They were all very happy. They shared their different styles of food together Um, and this is sort of like a happy story we tell ourselves to try to forget the fact that we also brought them disease and and horrific (laughs) bloodshed. So this is our little you know, our, our way. But we celebrate it. Um, we get together with uh, family, try not to talk about politics, and <laughs> um, enjoy turkey. And that's, you know, that's, that's the holiday. So sat around our Thanksgiving table, we've got our two American cousins, Audrey and Jonathan. I'm also joined by <laughs> our cousin far, far, far away, Doug. Hello, Doug. Hi everyone. I'm as equally confused by Thanksgiving as you, Bianca. <laughs> yeah, it's very confusing. It's very confusing. And last but not least, also here is JD. Hi. I'm just confused about everything in general. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling. I know the feeling. Um, uh, so, what are we discussing today? It's not just about Thanksgiving. Uh, as Audrey mentioned, it's a time where we bring the family together. Uh, so what but better way than to discuss about our favourite dysfunctional families in film? Why why we like them or why we think they're dysfunctional and whether, you know, they're a proper representation of what a family is. So, yeah, who wants to go first? Hey, Audrey, would you like to go first on this one? Yeah, let's give it to Audrey. 
Sure. Yeah. Um, so the family that I picked, this is a bit of a cheat because it's um, it's a Eugene O'Neill play, um, but it is a movie. It's a 1962 film, Long Day's Journey Into Night, and I thought um, nobody knows more about dysfunctional families than Eugene O'Neill. It's kind of like, uh, you know, the, the, the prototypical um, dysfunctional family. So it's basically um, this kind of upper middle class family in Connecticut. The mother, Mary, has been addicted to morphine since the birth of her last son. And that's sort of what the the film revolves around, like the rest of the family um, kind of tensely awaiting her next relapse. And she seems like she's doing better, so they have hope, but then there are kind of like the, the telltale signs that she might be falling back into drug addiction. Um, and... What I love about it is that Eugene O'Neill's kind of philosophy about how to get people to um, explain how they're feeling is to get all of his characters drunk and then just have them kind of monologue at each other for a while. So it's great fun because it's not just Mary who's kind of going off into these like drug-induced hazes throughout most of the movie, but there's also the father and two sons who just have the utmost contempt for each other. They're all borderline alcoholics to full alcoholics and um yeah it's just it's a lot of fun it's a great cast it's Catherine Hepburn as as Mary and then Ralph Richardson Jason Robards Jr. um and Dean Stockwell as like the the men of the family and so it's just like an all-star cast of people who just can't stand each other and it's just it just descends into madness throughout the film so I that's why I went with it and does it sort of remind you of how it is when you sort of get together with family where you can just because um, by the sounds of it it kind of makes me think of like a few aunts of mine who you know (laughs) seem to to like a little bit too much of the booze and then you get them all in one room and it all kicks off um Well, we have, some, we have some fun stories in my family, but I think what I appreciate the most about this family is that they do actually, like, say what's on their mind, and they stop being polite and start getting real at a certain point, and I come from, like, a very, like, emotionally repressed Catholic family. We don't, we don't ever, like... Um, voice our our grievances with one another um, person to person because we're all conflict diverse people so I like that this family is actually able to to say what's on their mind Uh, I watched it for the first time in um, a theater class in college actually we were reading the play and then we watched the movie and I loved it so so let's let's pick on JD Um, come on JD what's your dysfunctional family your, your, uh, your film family, sorry, not. not <laughs> how did you know? <laughs> <laughs> this is a fa- This is just a therapy podcast. We're going to get it out in the open. Um, I went with the Royal Tenenbaums uh, because uh, it's one of my favourite films, and because I think that they are such a dysfunctional family in the film. But I think everything is amplified in that. There are things in, in there which I think people can relate to. Gene Hackman, uh, Royal, he, he plays uh, 
a character in it called Royal Tenenbaum, and he's just the worst father. Just, just awful father. But he, he, he's just he's such a crass human being, where he just says it how everything is. But by the end, actually, I, I won't go by the end because I, I won't. Because it, it is, it is a treat if you haven't seen it. Um, and yeah, so he's just a crass human being. He makes people so miserable <laughs> wherever he goes. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think people can relate to that sort of, you know, thing. Um, but you know, it's like an amplified version of that. And uh, what do you think makes this? This family so great on on screen is. I think it's a mixture of the writing and performances, to be honest. Because Wes Anderson, who's who who wrote the uh, who wrote directed it, he he does a lot with families as well. He also did uh, Darjeeling Limited and uh, Rush and uh, Grand Budapest, and um, yeah, and it, like family comes a lot. Uh, it's like a big theme that he plays around with in um in his films and also the cast is so good in it you got ben stiller uh gene hackman angelica houston gwyneth paltrow Owen wilson <laughs> luke wilson <laughs> yeah it's just a stacked cast just, just all of the wilson clan i was about i want to say 11 12 when i first saw it and uh, I, I can't for sure say I haven't seen it since but from what I remember is that it, I thought it was just very kind of a little bizarre something kind of quirky because at that point I, have ne- I, had not, I hadn't seen a uh, Wes Anderson film and his style of filmmaking is very is very pers- is very unique in the sense that it's very uh, the writing is always very kind of quirky and it's it's like like uh, JD said, it's, there, there's a heightened sense of a, a, high, a heightened sense of reality when uh, when you hear when you hear uh, like Wes Anderson dialogue or kind of how the jokes kind of uh, uh, come come about or how how they how they how he sets up his scene. It's usually just long takes, and there's never uh, you never see the camera move around it's just, it's just kind of like from here to here and then it's just so it, it was just very kind of odd when i first saw it and going back watching his other films there's i can kind of appreciate kind of what the technique i can appreciate the technique and kind of how he makes his movies doug what's your dysfunctional family the one, the family I've chosen is actually. Uh, we used to nickname our family the same name because we had some similarities. So I've chosen the Griswolds from the <laughs> the Vacation series. So anytime uh, me and my family used to go on holiday, we would call ourselves Griswolds. We would refer to my father as Clark. So you're actually quite on the money there that I am sort of talking about my own family. Uh, <laughs> So I was, I was actually, first I was tempted to go with Hereditary, but I thought that's a bit of a bleak family and that's a bit too dysfunctional to be talking about. <laughs> uh, so I'm going, I'm going for, wow, yeah, yeah. 
So yeah, I, I went for a bit of a lighter route with the with the Griswolds. Um, I I remember seeing it as a child, and you know, it, it is every I suppose and any family that goes on a, a vacation or a holiday, whether it's a, a domestic one or an international holiday, you, you can see uh, a lot of similarities to what happens, like the chaos and the when when things go wrong, and and the, the the parents who are sort of desperately trying to keep the holiday together, and they're desperate for the, for the kids to spend time with each other and stop fighting, and I think that 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 that's what Clark Griswold is. I mean, he is the every every father, especially the American father, who you know has this grand idea of this amazing road trip, and yet everybody else in the family is so against the idea, and he's the only one sort of really pushing to try and make it something amazing and when everything keeps going wrong you know he's just so desperate to 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 pull it back and make and make this something special when you know the kids couldn't care less about wally world and they they hate being in the car and they they don't want to talk to each other and they don't want to spend time with each other that that just it's such a sort of personification of every every family that, that that we all know what that's like to be stuck in a car on a road trip somewhere that we don't want to go with our family um and you know that that that, that whole franchise is just full of so, just some hilarious moments and uh you, you know and then the, the next film obviously then they go to europe and then there's the the christmas vacation which has become sort of a christmas classic and then there's that probably the low point is the Vegas vacation in the last one but and then the remake the, the, the misguided remake a couple of years ago but uh, for me it's always been that 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 very first one of the the first vacation of the the road trip to Wally world is just it's so iconic and it particularly when they arrive at the theme park and and it's closed and you know Clark, Clark just finally snaps and loses it and you know takes John Candy hostage it's just it's it's just brilliant because it's like you know that 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 father has been pushed to the edge who finally just cracks and is so desperate for his vision of this family holiday to come true that that that's the that's the length he goes to um, and then obviously then there's the the, the great uh, sort of supporting role from uh randy quaid as cousin eddie um who is you know i i don't know if redneck is the right is the right term um, <laughs> but you know he he's that sort of crazy family member that everybody has that ends up being like the heart of the film because he's actually a really sweet a sweet character and every time he comes into that franchise he's you know, he he's the sympathetic ear that Clark needs to kind of he he's the the father to father that understands what it's like. So, um, yeah, I think you know, dysfunction. They are, they are dysfunctional in that everything goes wrong for them, and that that. But but in the end, you know, it's it's all about what family matter. You know, family is all that matters, and being together and spending time together is what matters. Whether the holiday is you know everything that you dreamed of or not it's the fact that you spent time together there's that kind of hidden message under that whole franchise that it's not about the journey it's 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 more about the time you spend with family and i think that there's a there's a sweetness to it sort of hidden amongst all that kind of crazy comedy um jonathan so last but not least um what are you bringing to the table thanksgiving well uh i'm bringing the Hoover family to Thanksgiving dinner, and this is the Hoover family from the film The Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, movie. yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, this, this movie is a, uh, is a 
this movie is about a little girl named Olive uh, Hoover. She lives in uh, Albuquerque. She wants to become uh, a pageant contestant of the Little Miss Sunshine competition out in California. Her father, uh, Richard Hoover, is like this type A motivational life coach, and his whole thing is uh, that is that he hates losers, and he uh, can't stand losers, and he just wants to. Um, he creates this seven ten step program to not, you know, to how to, how to be successful, not to be, you know, a loser essentially. The mother, Cheryl, is. Uh, House, I think housewife. She uh, at the beginning of this at the beginning of this film, she's in she's visit she's at the hospital to pick to uh, pick up her brother Frank uh, Frank Ginsburg. She uh, he uh, is a Proust wrote Proust scholar who had just attempted to kill himself because his lover because his lover uh, dumped him. The son Paul. Uh, uh, Dwayne Hoover, who is, this is the fun part. He he has taken a he has taken a vow of silence. He reads uh, Frederick Nietzsche, and he will break his vow of silence only when he become gets in the into the Air Force and becomes a pilot. Uh, the last member of the family is <laughs> the best one, uh, Edward yeah. Hoover, and his thing is that he is a World War II veteran who got kicked out of a nursing home for snorting uh, heroin. I mean, that's the thing. He snorted heroin pretty much on a, cons- on a consistent basis. They're a middle, a poor, kind of lower middle class family struggling to get by. One day, Cheryl picks up the phone and announces that her daughter, uh, Olive, is going to be... Uh, Participating in the Little Miss Sunshine uh, competition in Redondo Beach, California. So for for their daughter, they go all go back uh, uh, up in a small yellow VW bus and uh, head out to uh, Redondo Beach to see uh, to uh, see her uh, her their daughter perform in the um, in the competition. And along the way. Along the way, uh, there's uh, a fu- there's a fight about there are several there are several fights. Yeah, there are they several fights. <laughs> yeah, they 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 end up accidentally le- uh, leaving their daughter <laughs> at, a, at a at a gas stop along the way. Have to go back, but uh, their car break the car kind of the motors kind of like breaks down or it's shot and the horn just doesn't is just now kind of broken so throughout the way it's just eh, 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 that kind of noise also um uh greg is uh richard's trying to hear from a guy named stan grossman who's trying to sell him on who's trying to sell the uh the five six step pro uh seven step program it's just it's just this it's just this long line of one of of maladies one after another some inf- some inflicted and some that are just kind of that they they couldn't plan for paul dano pretty much uh dwayne hoover just hates practically everyone in the family save all all of them and then towards the end it becomes this satire of pageantry and this idea of beauty and, and it all comes together at the end 
where <laughs> there's a song that she does her performance and it is not what the family was expecting and it definitely <laughs> wasn't what the <laughs> what the audience was expecting in any way shape or form oh i love but, that <laughs> i love that i, I think love the, that <laughs> yeah the, the, i think the, the thing i really loved about this film has to be uh and i wrote about this for filmonomy which is uh Ab- Abigail Breslin as uh, Olive Hoover because I feel like she is basically kind of like the linchpin that, that keeps that family together because without her I'm pretty sure they'd all just go their separate ways and just mm, probably kill each other and the thing what works is that she kind of observes and kind of observes every everyone in the family and then at the end just kind of like uh, okay she kind of in her own way just inadvertently just kind of forgives them for all their flaws and for all of their shortcomings. Little Miss Sunshine was one of our family favorite films, which, because it's so uncanny to our actual family, like, (laughs) um, we, we've had road trips where the, the car, but dad was always buying old cars and Mm -hmm. doing them up. And, some they wouldn't always necessarily run correctly. I remember <laughs> breaking down on a hill, and I mean, like, uh, you know, just this hill which was so steep, it was crazy. The brakes are gone, and then my dad's like, "Everybody, get out! I'm gonna try and roll the, <laughs> the car back down the hill. Everyone, get out now, or else this is going to be a, you know." And we're all just clambering out, and it was my brother's birthday, so we had the birthday cake, which we had to then sit on the roadside waiting for, you know, someone to come and pick us up. Uh, with, with this birthday cake, my brother like, uh, so we're not going to the restaurant for the party. Um, <laughs> but I remember we picked up this film, Little Miss Sunshine, and on the the, the poster was just wonderful. I just bright yellow with them all running to get into the the you know the VW bus and it's <laughs> not too sure what you're going to expect because it looks like it's I mean it's a funny film but the comedy is very dark what makes a dysfunctional family <laughs> Audrey what do you think makes the perfect dysfunctional family in film well I think it's a lot of different personalities that are in conflict with one another but i think what makes a lot of these movies endearing is that it's you know this this crazy chaos and so many different people and they don't get along but at the same time at the heart of it they're still trying to find a way to function as a unit even if it's not successfully like i appreciate that that spirit of wanting that that family um togetherness um even though it's it's difficult at times so i think i think that's what makes a a really endearing um dysfunctional family in film is that it's the combination of both that inherent conflict but also the desire and willingness to try to put in time to like overcome these challenges and actually you know be a unit well i think you know in in reality every family is dysfunctional in some way. Like that's just the way that family is that because we're, we're all different personalities and, and you know, when you're with your friends, you're often with people who are like-minded or they're similar, you know, that there's that connection, but with family, 
you're together because you're family and mm. that that is always going to that's going to create dysfunction because it's it's different ideas it's different personalities that don't necessarily mesh together and i think that's why it's such an enduring uh sort of genre of films because it's it's real it's reality and that that that's why people connect with these films so much because they often see themselves on screen. You watch something like Little Miss Sunshine, for example, and you're probably going to identify with one of those characters. If you're a mother, you'll probably identify with Tony Collette's character. If you're the crazy grandpa with Alan Arkin's character, so that, that that's why these films work so well because they portray real life in such a great way that you really can connect with them and you can see yourself on screen and maybe you can learn a bit. You know, often in these movies towards the end, the family finds a way to overcome the whatever problems they're facing or make the best of a situation or, you know, that, that find that common ground. And, you, you know, if you, you relate that to your own life, you could probably learn uh, you know some life lessons from cinema, and that's always the, the you know the best thing about movies is that they can teach us about ourselves. Mm, I love that. I love that. That was, that was beautiful, Doug. You guys are <laughs> so lovely and heartwarming. Uh, brings a tear to my eye. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> um. So just just for our American um, podcasters, podcasties. Um, what what would you recommend for a, a good film to watch on Thanksgiving? The first film that I could think of is, like, a Thanksgiving movie. And I don't know if it's necessarily the best one to watch on Thanksgiving, because that might be, like, too much Thanksgiving. But I should shout out, give it a shout out, because it is a really good movie and nobody really knows about it. It's um, Pieces of April. It is Oliver Platt, Katie Holmes, Alison Pill, um... John Gallagher Jr., and it's um, this family. Um, the oldest sister lives with her boyfriend in New York City, um, and the the rest of the family is, like, coming to her house for the first Thanksgiving that she's ever hosted, and it's a complete mess because she has, like, a tiny oven and can't fit a turkey in it, and there's just all these, like, crazy things that happen, and... Nobody really has high expectations for her because she's kind of like the black sheep of the family, so she's trying to, like, prove herself. Yeah. Well, Jonathan, do you want to give us a suggestion of a Thanksgiving film? Oh, yes. I mean, this one's technically not a Thanksgiving film, but it does have to do with coming together for the holidays. It's called The Family Stone, and it mm-hmm. deals with it with uh, uh, Demerit Mahoney. She bring, he brings uh, uh, Sarah Jicks, Jessica Parker, who's this kind of uptight conservative woman from New York, from New York City, to the Christmas family dinner, and uh, all, all hell breaks loose. Diane Keaton, like the the uh, matriarch of the family, does not like her. I think Luke Wilson tries to hit on her at some point, uh, and Rachel McAdams is this very snarky kind of just snarky kind of bitchy. Uh, youngest member of the family who also doesn't really like her all that much and she's trying very hard to kind of fit in on it i just i just really like that it's again again it's most it's them trying to be together as a as a functioning family for you know a last holiday for uh diane keaton's character actually in spirit of the in the spirit of the upcoming of upcoming turkey day i would like to ask Everyone here, what are they kind of thankful for? And I'd like to ask uh, B first, if you don't mind. 
Um, well, I'm, I'm thankful for all the memories I have with my stepdad, and uh, I'm especially thankful for him introducing me to the world of cinema and, and film appreciation. And without his sort of guidance and, and encouragement, I don't think I would be here today doing this podcast. Uh, he was the one that sort of showed me what there was more to film, really, than simply watching Waterworld. Um, <laughs> and I think as well, I'm very thankful for my family, even if they are dysfunctional. And I'm, I'm thankful for everyone at Filmotomy as well, uh, because you guys are my other family. Oh. Well said. <laughs> uh, and uh, if we could, I would have you all over for Turkey. <laughs> what about you, Audrey? What what are you thankful for? I'm I'm thankful for um I'm thankful for my my husband. I'm thankful for my parents, um, my cousins who we are all adults now and we've all gotten a lot closer. Um, just going through. Um, political stuff and family stuff and so I'm, I'm happy that, that I have them and we have our, our little chat thread always there for each other um. JD, what about you? Um, I'm thankful for my family my job and film off me as well because without you guys I would just go absolutely mad with not being able to talk about films in the way that we do <laughs> and I know that sounds so strange but it's just I've got like a lot of film on so yeah like film sort of talking stuff so yeah I'm thankful for you guys aww, that's, aww. you can vent, vent all about film here with us <laughs> we'll never judge <laughs> only a secret um, <laughs> that's true. Uh, Doug, what about you? What are you thankful for? Um, uh, right at this moment, I'm thankful for Steve McQueen for giving us Widows, which is just... I'm still on a high. I saw it over oh, about yeah, almost that's over that's a week ago. Awesome. Uh, it's just... Uh, to, not to sidetrack the conversation into the Oscar territory, but it's just it's it's such a good film, and it's I can't I honestly can't wait to see it again. So I'm thankful for Steve McQueen for giving us that this Oscar season. Um, and on a broader scope, I am th- I'm thankful for film Twitter. Uh, now I know it can be a bit of a dumpster fire at times, and I know it can be you know full of some very if you can get past that <laughs> yeah if you can get past that into the good territory um you know it, it i think growing up i was the only person i knew that was really into films and kind of felt like an outsider because i didn't have anybody i could really talk to like that and so especially in the last year of finding fellow-minded people and having some really great conversations and seeing opinions and it, you know there is a great sense of community and i think that was kind of typified obviously when you know recently with Bianca going through this this awful time like seeing people come together to be there for her you know offering whatever they could do to support and that that's what this community really is that 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 we all have that 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 film is our common a commonality but there's more to it than that 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 it's really has connected us and i think that's 
that's the kind of power of social media, that it can be an awful, awful thing and it can be used in awful, awful ways. But it can also be great and it, and it you know, really takes something like that to, to show the best in people and that we really are a community. And then the smaller community of our Filmotomy family that I'm very thankful for that as well. You know, I've, I've been writing now since earlier this year and it's it's been such a joy to be part of everything and the conversations we've had and the pieces we've written and the podcasts and it, that that's something to be hugely thankful for. So thanks, guys. I'm just weeping uh, here. <laughs> yeah, I'm just holding it in. I'm holding it in. Uh, and Jonathan, last but not least, what are you thankful for? Well, uh, I think as some, some, well, probably some of you may know, uh, I'm, I'm going through uh, peritoneal dialysis. Uh, so I guess that's, I would start first, start, but first say I'm thankful for my health. I'm thankful that um, right now that my that the dialysis program I'm going through is is doing its job. I feel so much healthier than I have even when I was like like when I was a teenager. Uh, I've lost a lot of weight. I I generally feel good. I mean I'm before I was scared shitless about having to go through probably going having to go through this process but uh just my my family mom and dad have, have just been incredibly uh supportive and helpful even when i was just scared and on the verge of tears uh having to go through probably uh perhaps you know doing the surgery for the uh to, to place the catheter in my abdomen so i could do the dialysis treatment uh without them i without my parents and my friends uh, angela and roy who reached out when they found out that i i was going through uh dialysis without their support i i would just be a complete wreck uh honestly and i'm also thankful i'm and i'm also thankful for the people here at Fimonomy. uh for guys like Robin and Bianca, uh, just you guys are incredible people. I mean, <clears throat> uh, I'm glad to be writing for a site like this, and I'm glad I've got to meet so many cool and incredible people who who share the same passion for film. It's 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 been it's been a complete joy to be here. So I I'm thankful for for those two things, and I guess on a movie note, I'm thankful for like what uh doug said i'm thankful for widows that was that was an incredible piece of filmmaking (laughs) by steve mcqueen just yeah well we're definitely gonna have to do a podcast about widows you know yes guys have twisted my arm okay yes Uh, so if you if everyone's up for that I'll, I'll, I'll i'll make sure it happens okay um um, I really, I really, I really think it could steal the race. I like, I could honestly make a case. I, I for, hope it for does. I, I, yeah, I yeah. If it does, you know what? I, I'd be totally. I'm happy. Yeah. If it wasn't, yeah. if it's not like first, if it wasn't like first man, because yeah. I really loved first man, then you know what? So I, I. I'm, I'm totally, completely fine with Windows because that, that is a terrific pop. It's a terrific, you know, mainstream thriller that has so much more to say than just your typical heist film. Well, thanks everyone, and uh, thank you for joining us for our Thanksgiving podcast. And we just want to say, like, have a great Thanksgiving, and um, 
give give your family a hug from me and, mm. and appreciate them because you know that is the time that you have with them is precious even if they do drive you crazy and sometimes you just want to jump out of a moving vehicle just to get away from your mother um, 